Please take your Bibles this morning and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. We're going to be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 1 this morning. And while you're turning there, I wanted to say, I look at it, I have two tasks. Well, there's many, but I'm going to simplify it. Two tasks as a preacher. Number one is to get you ready for heaven. To prepare you for heaven. And then also, number two is to get heaven ready for you. Now, I can't do that. But Jesus said, I went to prepare. I go to prepare a mansion and a place for you, right? We know these things to be true. But my job is to get you busy so that heaven will be waiting for you with open arms. First, to get there. Alright? Number two, to be ready when you go and heaven is ready for you. So let's stand together. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 8 of chapter 1, the beginning of the book. We'll read these all together, starting in verse 1. The words of the preacher the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all of his labor which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor, Men cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. So we want to speak this morning on the subject, gathering the wind. Gathering the wind. And as as I pray, pray with me, that the Lord will open our hearts. Our Father, we pray that you bless the reading of thy word, as thy people read all together in unison. And we pray that you'd bless the reception of this message in the church. Please fill us with the Holy Spirit now, and we humble ourselves, and we ask it all now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The preacher began the book by basically exclaiming, Vanity of vanity. All is vanity. And so I'm about to make a statement, and it's a very important statement, and I want you to hear the statement well, because basically Solomon gives a full book on why he's saying this, but he gives a thorough explanation of the vanities of life, but he also gives the solution to the vanities of life, which is what we want to speak of today. So vanity could be summed up in these verses that we just read. And vanity can be summed up in this. The earth continues, but we do not. 
The earth goes on. None of us do. The earth is perpetual. It continues on, but our works cease. The earth and the world doesn't stop because we die. It keeps going on without us. Time continues on without us. And if you look here in verse 4, he says, One generation passeth away and another generation cometh. But what? The earth abideth still. There's a vanity to that. You know, the generations. We're talking about Ancestry uh, just a few minutes ago. Ancestry.com if you want to find out some things about where you came from. And get your DNA tested and everything. Well, families appear. Families disappear. A person's born. They live their life. They're gone. Another comes right up behind them. And the cycle continues. But the earth abideth forever. In verse 5 it says, The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down and hasteth to his place from which he arose. Why? The sun just keeps coming up and down. It came up this morning. I've been watching it a lot lately come up. And it also goes down. It's going to continue doing this. Jesus said it. It will never end. The seasons even will never end. Look at verse 6. It says, The wind goeth toward the south and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually. And the wind returneth again according to its cir His circuits. To Him, see? The wind continues these circuits. Throughout the earth, like the, well, uh, the jet stream probably has a lot to do with that, but the winds are blowing. And they're coming. And they are going. And they cycle to the south and somehow swing around and go back up into the north. This is God's way of doing it. It's called the circuit of the wind. It's going to do that the day I die. It's going to continue doing that. The earth abideth forever. We do not. The earth's works will continue forever. Perpetual, the Bible says. It's called a perpetuity. A perpetuity. World without end. Look at verse 7. He said, all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Under the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. So we know that the waters on the earth have a circuit also. They continue throughout their courses, and all the rivers do run into the sea. Some rivers are so empty they can't run into the sea these days. They're probably running underneath the earth, though. They go into the ocean, Water evaporates. And through evaporation and condensation, they end up back in the heaven again, and they get into the clouds, and the clouds disperse the, the water again. I wonder, though, where all the water's going these days, because they claim we have a huge water shortage. Where is all the water going? Is it being held in the firmament, as it was in the time of Noah, before God dropped the waters on the earth at the flood of Noah? It does seem that the waters are disappearing. I know there's more men on the earth than ever before and they're using the waters. Is God holding it back? Well, what we find in these verses is the wind and the waters, they return again. Think about this. Creation is continued from the day God made it. It's going on just like it did the first day. Time keeps ticking. Time ticks with us. Time's going to tick without us. 
And there's a vanity to that. You know, the Indians used to say, the American Indian used to say, only the rocks live forever. But that's not true, fully. Uh, what, what they mean is, this earth's going to continue on without us. As our generation comes and goes, but our life is like the wind. The Bible said our life is like a vapor. It's just a vapor of a little bit of moisture in the wind. Period for just a short time and then poof, vanisheth away. Now what is breath? Breath is considered to be wind. The Bible says that the Word of God is inspired, which means breathed. It's wind coming out of God's mouth made and inspired the written Word of God. So life involves breath. You know, the Bible says God breathed into Adam the breath of life and he became a living soul. Soul, you're not a soul without breath. Turn over to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. So there's a great vanity that I know. One day, I'll quit breathing. One day my life will be gone. The sun's going to rise again and just keep doing what it does. The winds are going to blow. The water's going to flow. The world's going to keep going on. And it's like I was never there. There's a vanity to that. Alright, now chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes, verse 16, says, And this also is a sore evil. What? That in all points as He came, this is man, so shall He go. And what profit hath He that hath labored for what? For the wind. What profit does a man ever get for laboring for the wind? It's a great vanity. You know what he's saying? Men labor for life. They, they spend their energy wanting to live, looking for the wind, laboring for the wind. It's a pursuit for meaning, for longevity, for life. Life's found in the wind and fulfillment to find some type of life before he dies. To find the meaning of life before he's gone. The Bible says it's like laboring for the wind. And is there any real profit in that? Now, think about the wind for a moment. Now, men, can, we can use the wind. We can harness the wind, right? We can use it in sailboats. We can use it in wind turbines. We, we learned how to use it in windmills to pump out of the ground. We can harness the wind. But it's different than all the other elements of nature. Wind is different. You know why? You can't bottle wind. You can't can wind. You can bottle water. You can catch it flowing by. You can bottle the water, but you can't bottle the wind. Wind is a very... You know why? Wind is the Spirit. It signifies the Spirit. So it's very different. You can use all the minerals in the earth and dig them up and use them. But when it comes to wind, you cannot gather the wind. You can't save the wind. Can't be preserved even. Yeah. What would life be like? You ever been outside on a really hot day and, and uh, it doesn't, there's no breeze at all? And you say, there's not even a breeze. 
Can you imagine when that angel holds back the winds in the tribulation period and the earth, the winds don't blow on the earth, how bad it's going to be? That's just one of the many plagues upon the earth. The winds are going to be held back. God can hold the wind back. Man cannot bottle up the wind. Just as you can't catch and hold your own breath or your own life. You can't hold your breath for very long. You've got to let it out. It's called the vanity of life. You can't hold on to your own life. No man can preserve his own life. It's up to the Lord. What is it saying? Living for this world is like laboring for the wind. What does it mean? It ends up in nothing. Hey, if you could catch the wind, what do you get? There's nothing there. You're noticed about the wind. You can feel the wind. You can feel it blow on your face. You can see the results of wind. You can watch the flags fly from the wind blowing. You can watch the leaves move in the trees. You can feel it pushing against you. You can even see it sometimes. You can't see the wind, but you can see the dust in the wind. You ever seen a good dust storm? You can see rain in the wind. You can see snow in the wind. Not down here you can't. But it's out there. But you can't see the wind. It's spiritual. You can feel the cool breeze and say, this is nice. You can feel that hot southern breeze and say, this isn't quite so nice. You can feel the icy, frosty winds. Hey, by the way, there, a front will come some, someday. Someday it'll come. You know why? God said so. The, the seasons will continue because the earth is perpetual. This has been a strange year. It's coming. But no one can see it. So the wind is spirit. Can't see it coming. You can't see where it's going. You just it just goes by. Yeah, and sometimes it comes in in gusts. Sometimes it comes in in bursts. But when the fronts hit, it's like constant blowing in, right? Gathering the wind. Jesus said in John three eight. This he said the wind bloweth where it listeth. In other words, where it wants to go. And now here's the sound thereof. You can hear the wind. But can't not tell whence it cometh. You don't know where it came from. It's on a circuit from God. And whither it goeth. Don't know which way it's headed after it passes you. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. It's spiritual. The new birth comes in God's timing. You know, so we don't know the exact second of being born again. We know when it happened to us because we got regenerated. Our life became new in Christ and we know we're Christians. But our new birth is not seen nor timed. It's like the wind. Life in this world is like laboring for the wind. And I'll say something. There's not been a man on earth that's ever caught it since Adam. They've never caught the wind. You know, was, you're a hound dog. You're never catching that rabbit. You know what's funny about those hound dogs? They know they're not going to catch it, but they love to chase. Isn't that what most men are? They, they just want the chase, knowing I'm never going to reach the... Uh, I'm not getting my pot at the end of the rainbow, and I'm not going to hit shout out Eureka when I hit the jackpot. You know what it's saying? 
It doesn't matter how much... You, a man cannot pass from death into life by simple pursuit. It's impossible. A man, it doesn't matter how much you do in this life. I mean, all the things. Boy, those people did a lot with their life. doesn't matter how much you accumulate with your life. They accumulated so much. Guess what? It's all wind. We can read it here in a minute. Because on the moment of death, it just disintegrates before your eyes. I think about that all the time. A rich man, when he passeth away, he's, he's, it's over. And, and sad to say, that which most people live their lives after just disintegrates before them when that breath leaves their body. Look at chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes in verse 10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. You know, if you worship something in this world, you're never going to be satisfied. Even if you get it, you still won't be happy. Nor he that loveth abundance with the increase, this is also vanity. And the man's writing this got more than all of us put together in ten lifetimes. He said, it didn't, it didn't bring, it's all vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholder of them with the eyes? How interesting that he knew so much about life if we just listened to him. You know, the rich man can only enjoy so much of his wealth. He only gets that much of it. Oh, he has a lot. He can only really enjoy that much. Most of what a wealthy man has, he doesn't get to partake of it. Actually, what this says is, is other people get more out of his wealth than he does. They benefit from his riches more than he does. A fellow that owns a giant ranch in South Texas, but he lives in some other state, all the men working for him down on the ranch are enjoying his wealth. And he can't even see it. It says, oh, except maybe the beholding of the eye. He flies in in his jet. And he says, this is all mine. Yeah, till your breath is gone. And then you realize I never had it anyways because I cannot grasp the wind. He can't, you know, think about it. You can't, you can't spend it all. You can't eat it all. You can't wear it all. All you can say is, I saw a little of it. Look at verse 12. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Yeah, you work hard, you sleep good. Whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. You know why the wealthy can't sleep? They're worried that somebody, they're worried somebody's going to take the riches while they're snoozing. They're, wor they're worried the, market, the stock market's going to crash while they're in bed that night. They're worried that somebody else is enjoying what is theirs. And thieves are going to take. Then in verse 13, There is sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their own hurt. People holding on and hoarding and storing up. And what does it say? It hurts their own self. Didn't Paul say, you're drowning away and you're piercing yourselves with many sorrows if you seek after the wind of riches because even though you think you have them, you can't, bend, you can't enjoy them. And they don't last. 
because the earth will leave you behind the minute you pass away. And then in verse 14 it says, But those, per those riches perish by evil travail, and he that begetteth the Son, and there is nothing in his hand. Basically, what you have is going to go on to those after you. And we know that. But, you will go naked to the grave, according to verse 15, and your heirs are going to be fighting over your goods. That's what it says. Now, this is the one who tried to grab the wind. And had, Solomon said this is an evil travail. He said this is a sore travail that's on us. That death is coming and we have no control because we are chasing the wind trying to grab something that you cannot grab. You can't touch it. Now, uh, but I find this wonderful truth here. It's wonderful. And I want to speak about this from here on out because there's, there's much, much hope. So let's look at this together. So look, look back at chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. And look what he says in verse 14. Every once in a while he starts thinking right. While he's writing. And he says in verse 14, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it that men should fear before Him. He, he's basically saying there's not a thing man can do that's eternal and lasting. But God, everything He does is eternal and lasting. And it's beautiful to know God's works don't diminish. God's works don't disintegrate. You know why? God did it. So in other words, God can catch the wind. God can catch the wind. God can grab the wind. God can hold the wind. God can store the wind. God can preserve the wind. God can keep the wind. And it's beautiful. You want to see it? Look at Proverbs chapter 30. Just right before Ecclesiastes is the book of Proverbs. In chapter 30. And look at verse 4. Who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? We know that only one's ever done that. His name is Jesus Christ. Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? You see that? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What's his name? And what is his son's name? If thou canst tell. How beautiful it is that God can close his fists and grab the wind, which is ungrabbable to man. He can hold on to it. He can store it up in the bottles of heaven or the bottles of eternity and keep that for as long as he wants. A vast supply of the wind of God. Life and words. Now who is his son? Jesus Christ. Who are His people? Those that are born again, the saved. We're sons of God too. His beloved is the church. His word is pure. It says right after that, in verse, uh, right there in verse 5. 
His word is very pure. It's a shield and it's eternal. If you live by the word of God, the eternal word of God, what he's basically saying, God will grab the wind for you and store it for you. So this means that you don't have to live a vain and empty life in this world. You don't have to do it. Now, if you keep chasing the wind, that's what you're going to... You may get a glimpse of it, but you're never grabbing the wind. You're going to die empty. You can work with God and be very blessed. And we know our, our works are vain and empty. Every single work we have is vain and empty. Our attempts to secure life are feeble, and our desire to hold on to health and peace... They're empty. But you have this wonderful opportunity to lay hold on eternal life, which is the wind. Okay? God said you can hold on to it if you do your works with and for God because everything God does lasts forever. The Bible says in Mark 16, the last verse of the book, it says that these people went out laboring and the Lord labored with them. God's making those works last forever. So the Christian can make a choice. I'm not going to chase the wind. I'm going to chase the Lord. I'm going to follow Christ. He's going to grab the wind for me. He's going to hold on to the wind for me and store it up so when I get to heaven, it's waiting at the judgment seat of Christ. You can turn your vain cycles of life into eternity. Did you all know that? You can do it. You can have longevity. Living our vain moments, if you live them right, you live them for Him. But we know every moment flees away. But if you use your temporary life now to please and serve Him, your daily life becomes eternal works that go forever and ever and ever. So this is, think about this. Your life. Let's, let's look at this first. Your life. Your generation. We just read this in chapter 1, I think it's verse 4. The generation come and pass it away. Your generation. Now think about this. Not just another name in the genealogies. Hey, my old uncle so-and-so back there fought in the Civil War. Well, did he do anything for God? I have a few that didn't fight in the Civil War. If he did no eternal works for God, his God, because he saved... He's just another name in history. He's just another name in vanity. What about you? You realize this? Your life does not just have to be another name in the genealogy of the uh, circle of life. Yet you can say, my life counted for Jesus Christ because I gave myself to Him and I followed the Lord. I want my life to count for Jesus. Don't you? For earthly things will flee away. I'm telling you, the songwriter knew. You'd say, hey, I'm not just another person stuck between my parents and my children. That's not me. I'm, I'm, I'm living a term. You have life and have it more abundantly. Read that one in John 10 this morning. I want my life to count, not only now, going all the way into eternity, God's going to bottle the wind for me. How about your day, your 24-hour day? The sun riseth, 
and it hasten us. You ever notice how quick? We'll sometimes say, well, it's a long day. But mo they're never long enough. They go, the sun's in a hurry. It says when he comes up, he says, rejoiceth as a strong man to win a race. There you go, Amariah. A strong man to win a race. The sun comes up in the morning with a beeline to get across the sky and, and uh, go down. And you're on a race to use that time wisely. Not vanity. Living for Christ. And God will bottle the wind. We know the sun's going to come up in the morning. How Do you see how important it is to just grasp a hold of this? You can grasp the truth of it. You can't grab the wind, but you can grab the truth. Or, would you end up saying, man, I spent the whole day chasing the wind. I didn't catch it today. I didn't get it. I think I'll get up tomorrow and chase a little harder. I think I will. Or you say, hey, I'm going to follow the Lord. He's going to grab the wind for me. And eternal works are going to get done. And we're talking about the minor things of life. Your, your basic duties of life, if you do them in Jesus' name, it says all that you do in His name, right? Can be turned time into eternity. Alright, how about the seasons? We're, we're waiting for the seasons to change. We've had enough of summer. We're ready for something new. We know the fronts are coming. The changes of life are coming. And you can keep life in an eternal state by waiting and watching for your God to lead you. You realize every stage of life you can do eternal works in it. Young kids all the way up to the elderly. None of us are exempt and none of us are disqualified. Every day of your life you can do this if you'd follow Christ. From a youth all the way and when you become an adult you think you've arrived. Huh. And then you have a uh, middle age. Then you have older age. Every stage is an opportunity to let God grab the wind for you. And notice, what's His Son's name? Jesus Christ. You can't get it any other way outside of works in Jesus' name. And then we were talking a lot earlier about money. Okay, What about your money? Do you realize that your money is an opportunity to grab the wind before it gets away? By spending your money on eternal works and getting your wealth and what the Lord has gifted you with, your mammon, Jesus called it, if you will spend that wisely for God, God's grabbing the wind for you. And it's not vanity. It's eternal, beautiful wind. Or are we wasting it by chasing dreams? And pleasure. So the cycles will continue. You got to make the most of these cycles. That's why I say, if you would, please go back to Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 14 again. This is the key to it all. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Why don't you let God work through you? 
Why don't you open your body, give your body as a, what does it say? A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto Him, which is your reasonable service. Just offer yourself my life and my body and my time and my mind and my voice and my heart and my money, if need be, and the strength of my life. I'm offering it to God. It'll be forever. Nobody can come in and add to it or take away from it because God's already got it. And God did it. Won't you let God live through you so your works can be forever? And I love this. God can save your works for when you get to heaven. They'll be waiting on you. You know, rushing water seems like a waste. I look at it, especially these days. You see water rushing by, you think, man, why can't somebody store that up for later? That stuff's precious. You can't get it. The wind blows by, symbolized when God was really doing some big things in your life, and you're going, man, remember those days when the wind was really blowing, and it was beautiful, and things were really happening, and it's not stale and stagnant and dead? Everything's beautiful and working. You know what's going on? You're, God's doing big things in your life, and you've allowed God to do them, and He's grabbing the wind. That's what He's doing. And He's holding it in His fists. And he's keeping them. So you meet them in eternity. I really wish we could learn how great this truth really is. Jesus said to what? Lay up treasure in heaven. God's incentive program. He wants you to. He said, why are you going to waste your time too much? I mean, we have to make a living. Laboring for that which you'll never find or catch. When all you can do is just keep laying up treasures in heaven. And it will not wake wings and fly away. You know, the Bible says that your riches are going to sprout wings and fly away. Uncertain riches. Uncertain. Well, look over at chapter 5. And, and uh, back to chapter 5 and we'll be finished. He says there in verse 16, What profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? But look at this. It's really amazing. How beautiful it is and a unique gift when God can help you appreciate life on this earth. You don't have to wake up every day going, life's vanity and vanities. It's horrible life. I hate life. No, you don't have to live that way. God can give you the ability to enjoy your portion on the earth. Look at verse, let's, well, let's look at verse 19 for time's sake. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, He's given all of us some and hath given him power to eat thereof. You can enjoy what God gave you and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. I don't think anybody but a Christian can fully appreciate what God gave them on this earth. You know why? Because we know all of that will not satisfy. We're not laboring for the wind. We're laboring for him. And God gives you this wonderful gift. Nobody can enjoy a good meal like a Christian. Nobody. Why? We always say, Jesus said it. You eat something, it goes down, it's in the draught. Not, not for a Christian. They can appreciate the basics of life because it's a gift of God. And so the, the cycles of life are beautiful in the realm of Christianity. You have this ability 
and appreciation to, for what God has given to you. And, you. and you verbalize it all the time. The Lord's been good to me. Look what the Lord has done. And we are enjoying His blessing. You know why? I can have the power to enjoy life. You know why? Our emphasis is on the life to come. You can enjoy this life if your emphasis is on the life to come. But if you put your emphasis on this life, you're miserable. Miserable. You'll wake up every day saying, I wish I had more. I got some yesterday. It wasn't good enough. I want more. You can rejoice in your labor in this life. You can appreciate it now. Plus send it forward to heaven later. Now, boy, what a double benefit the Christian gets. What about, I mean, think about how amazing that is. So what you can say is, I praise God for life. I'm not vanity and vexation of spirit. I can catch and grab the wind by following God. Praise God for that. Amen? So let's get to work. Let's get to work.